0: Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16. Let's start with verse 14 and we'll read to verse 22. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna. For they wist not what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating. An omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathereth much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was wroth with them. And they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. And it came to pass that on the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rulers of the congregation came and told Moses, let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I thank you for your people. What a blessing it is to be, uh, to be up here, Father, and have the privilege to preach your perfect word. Now, Father, I pray that you take my imperfect lips and Father, use them to uh, give give the, the truth of your word today. Lord, I pray that you would magnify yourself. I pray that Jesus Christ would be lifted up. And Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit that indwells the believers in this room that it would touch and and prod and convict and encourage your people. But, Father, I do pray as well for those that are sitting underneath the sound of my voice that do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray the Holy Spirit would touch their hearts today concerning their need of salvation. And, Father, that today would be the day that they get their eternity taken care of. Father, what a blessing it is to know that there is a heaven. But, Father, what a greater blessing it is to know that it's sure. Lord, I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for what he did. Father, I do beg you that if there is anyone here today that is unsaved, that today they would simply trust Christ. Father, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for keeping our people safe. Lord, I know there's some today who are, think of the Urdals stranded out in Maryland. I think of the Brahms and others who have had to deal with this flash flooding. I thank you for getting my family here, Father, in your, in your providence and your goodwill. Lord, I just pray that, Father, your name would be lifted up and you'd be glorified. I ask this in Christ's name. Amen. may be seated. You'll have to forgive me. I've been fighting that head cold a little bit here the last several days. Spent about eight and a half hours yesterday playing in our yard, cleaning up limbs and branches, and we had a log jam that was about 10 feet high. Our creek overflowed. And uh, the water came right up to our house. Thank God it did not come in our house, but uh, God was gracious. And uh, Brother Matt and Tara and Brother Moore and Brother Dahl came out yesterday and helped us get that log jam out. It was something else, folks. I, I've, again, I told the folks on Sunday school class, I've seen pictures of stuff like that, never dealt with it firsthand. and just It was an adventure. It truly was. Exodus 16. Here in Exodus... God is miraculously providing food for His people. He is providing them for, in a wonder for them in a wonderful way. The word that is used for it, it is manna. Um, they did not have any idea what it was. It was heavenly food, miraculously given for God's people. And the name manna simply means, "What is it?" And what it what it was is it was God's providence to them. And uh, what a What a blessing, uh, folks, to see how God provides for His people. But this morning I want to take manna here, and I want to liken it to the mercies or to the grace of God. I want to liken it, and I want to use this passage and just want to kind of take this passage apart piece by piece and give you some very simple truths concerning manna. Now, I want to say this number one, manna was for God's people. If you'll notice who received it, it was not the heathen in the land, it was God's people who received it, and they alone could receive it. And my friend, this morning, to those who don't believe God's mercy and goodness and grace, though it touches every life, my friend, they chalk it up those who do not believe, to luck or coincidence or even to to God in a very impersonal way, but to God's people, His grace and His mercy is incredibly personal. God's grace and God's mercy, when sent our way, should be something we shout hallelujah about. My friend, what a wonderful thing it is as a child of God to have the mercies of God. What a wonderful thing it is as a child of God to have the grace of God in my life. And and let me say this, when we talk about grace and mercy, of course we always talk about them in relation to salvation. Without the mercy of God, I could not be saved. Without the grace of God, I could not be saved. But Christian, may I tell you this this morning, with the mercy and grace of God, it did not end at salvation. God's mercies are still plentiful. And God's grace is still abundant. And it still touches our life. And we need to make sure that we pay attention and that we understand that. And when God is gracious to us and God is merciful to us, God's people need to lift up their voice and they need to praise an almighty God and and worship Him and, and realize how holy and how kind and how generous He is to us. You see, God's mercy is for His people. We also see this, that it was new every morning. When they went out every morning, there was manna on the ground. And My friend, may I say this, to have a Christian life is to daily walk with God. Today in here we have some starving Christians. You see, you're born again. You're one of God's people. The children of Israel were God's people, God's chosen people. And you've been chosen by God. You've accepted His gift of salvation, and you're one of His but I can tell you something this morning. There are some Christians in here today who are starving. I did a little bit of studying on this and a little bit of research. And over here in the United States of America, and I'm not saying there is no such thing as starvation in our country, but it's, it's, it's way down on the list of problems. But you get into some other nations in the world, some second and third world nations, and starvation is a real problem. There are people literally who do not have food to eat. Here's the deal with Starvation. After, and I'm going to say this, if you've, if you've ever in this room fasted as a Christian, you know you've gone without food for a day or two or a week and, and you've fasted. That's difficult because you and I know what it is to taste food and to eat food and to have food fill our bellies and, and to feel filled, so to speak. But these people over there, they don't know what that's like. And after so long, when dealing with starvation, they lose the taste for food. They, they are starving and the sad thing is they don't even feel it and they don't even realize it. And may I say this today, while all of us, if I can properly say that in this room, are physically well fed, many of us today in this room are starving because we have not gone on a daily basis to an almighty God and walked in fellowship with Him and got God's mercies that are new every morning as the book of Lamentation tells us. And my friend, let me say this to you. The book of Lamentations is one of the most depressing dark books in the nation of Israel's history, yet in that book you'll find smack dab in the middle of it some verses, verses 22 and 23 of chapter 3 that tells us God's mercies are still there and God's grace is still plentiful and that they're new every morning. And Christian, may I tell you this, you are responsible to get up every single day and to walk with God if you don't The sad thing is many of us in this room today are starving and we have no appetite, we have no hunger for it, and we do not even realize that our Christian lives are being starved literally to death. God's mercies and grace are sitting there for us. The the table, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. And our tables are full and we sit there and we say, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry for your word, God. I'm not hungry for prayer. I'm not hungry for fellowship with Christian people. I'm not hungry for church. I'm not hungry for the preaching of the Word of God. I I don't have a, a desire for that. My friend, I'm going to tell you this. The reason you don't is because you're starving. That manna, that mercy is new every single morning. Out of the seven days that just passed, how many of us spiritually fed ourselves? How many times a day do we Americans eat? (laughs) Some of us never stop, amen? But we have breakfast, we have lunch, and we have supper. That's pretty traditional. Some of us throw a few mid-afternoon and mid-evening and midnight snacks in there as well, and I get that and practice that on occasion. We eat three times a day. Can I ask you, in the last seven days, how many times did you feed yourself spiritually? You and I all know, we, let's, let's face it, folks, we've eaten well this week, haven't we? Unless you're on a spiritual fast from food, we fed ourselves well this week. We've gone to the refrigerator, gone to the freezer, we've, we've gone to the faucet and we've, we've fed ourselves, we've nourished ourselves with physical food. But may I ask this, have you gone to the spiritual refrigerator? Have you gone to the spiritual faucet? Have you gotten down on your knees? Have you opened your Bible and have you sat down and have you nourished your spiritual soul? Or is your spiritual soul today starving and without food and you don't even realize that today, spiritually, you're starving and you sit out there and say, "Ah, oh, I'm fine. I, 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 don't, I don't need to read my Bible every day I'm okay I don't need to pray I'll pray when I need to and my friend you're starving yourself and you don't even realize it oh today today would we understand that God has no desire for us to spiritually wither away to nothing and to have no desire for the spiritual food Folks, I'll say this, modern day Christianity we're starving. <laughs> I think God looks at some of those second and third world nations and he sees people that are more spiritually fed than we are. Our tables full, but we sit there and we pick at it. We don't want to take of it. My friend, God's mercy. It was new Every morning. Another truth in verse number 17 it says, The children of Israel did so or gathered it. And they gathered, the Bible says, some more and some less. So, which would be typical, you'd, you'd go out and you'd, you'd, you'd have your basket and you'd just kind of fill that basket up. And there are some people who are going to be a little bit more serious about it. Amen. You sat down at the dinner table, and there are some people that are a little more serious about filling their plate. Amen. You know, you pass the potatoes to that one guy last because if you pass it him first, you know what I'm talking about, amen? Because he'll take all the potatoes and he'll leave you with this little dollop. And, and, and then when we go over to my, my mother's house for Thanksgiving, my mom will always put out gravy. And Ted loves gravy. And it's ridiculous. He, he, he just won't take a little ladle of, of gravy. He'll just basically take the gravy boat and just dump it on his plate and so we all scream and holler at Ted and say, Ted, don't touch the gravy till I get some. Well, there are some people that are going to go out. There are some of you are smiling and looking at each other right now, so you know what I mean. But th- there were some people in Israel, they would go out and they were serious. They said, man, I'm a good eater. I'm going to fill my basket up. And so they would gather some more. And then there were those, and you know those sick people who will sit at the dinner table. And they'll take that little perfect thing and they'll just eat it. I'm sorry, folks. When, 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 when the dinner bell rings, it's come and get it. It's not come and look at and talk about it. It's time to eat. Amen? I'm one of those people, you put my dinner down in front of me, I'm done in three minutes or less, all right? I'm ready to go on with life. It's terrible. My wife, my wife when we were dating, I, I, I would eat and I would look up and she basically was just in shock and awe. I think she was amazed. I don't know. She might have been grossed out. But I can eat my food fast. Always have, and sadly, it probably always will That's not good for your digestive system. Get her done, amen? I just need to get the food in. I got other things to go on and do in life. But, 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 but some people would gather just a little bit. And I can see this as, as the, the children of Israel while out there with their baskets. and their tending in there some more some less but then it goes on to say in the very next verse it says when they did meet it with an omer he that gathered much had what nothing over and he that gathered little had what no lack they gathered every man according to his eating not only was the manna new every morning as God's mercy is But God's manna or His mercy was sufficient for that day. Some needed more that day, some needed less. My friend, can I say this to you this morning? God knows what you and I need. You know, today, God has enough mercy for you. One of the things I've discovered as a parent is you do deal with your children differently, you have some children that are more willing. You have some children that aren't. You have some children that are more rebellious and you have some children that aren't quite as rebellious, although all children are rebellious and don't let any kid fool you into telling you they're not. But, but, but as a parent, I've discovered that some of my children handle things differently with my oldest daughter it's a battle of the wills her and her father when i have to discipline her it's not a 2 minute process it's a 20 minute process and 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 we go at it and she oh uh, emily you were wrong do you understand you were wrong yes are you going to do it again yes no emily that's the wrong answer emily do you understand you were wrong yes are you going to do that again Yes, and we we go at it and we go at it and we go at it until she will submit her will to her all-wise fathers, amen? And then uh, dealing with my son, my son, I I sit down with him and I say, Jacob, you understand what you did was wrong? Yes, Jacob, do you understand that you're going to have to be punished? Yes, Jacob, are you going to do it again? No, Dad. I don't have to go at it quite as hard with him. You talk to my wife, man. After you've dealt with Emily, you are mentally exhausted. With Jacob, I feel badly. I don't like to hear him cry. I don't like to make him feel bad. But, but, but it's not the same. I don't come out of there mentally exhausted. But with my daughter, I do. And, and, and God, God, God deals with every one of us differently. My friend, can I tell you something about you? You're different than anybody else in this world. Therefore, God is not. Now, he's got the same rules. And God's got the same expectations as far as his word is concerned. But God deals with every one of us differently. Man, there's some of you in this room. You're tender and you're sensitive. There's some of you in this room. You're hard-headed and you're arrogant. Amen? Yeah? I mean, there's some of you in this room that it it takes God to just bang to get through to you. And some of you, God just has to tap you on the shoulder. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you should be all tender and sensitive. God needs some people who are hard-headed and stubborn because once that hard-headed stubbornness gets headed in the right direction, there ain't nothing that's going to change it come hell or high water. And God needs it, so don't, don't feel bad if your personality is one that's a little bit stubborn. Just make sure that you understand, hey, God's going to deal with you as he needs to. And that means that once in a while, God's going to have to take you and give you a little bit more mercy or a little bit more grace. And some days, you're going to need a little bit less. You say, well, oh, how come God seems to be good to doing so, being so good to them right now? Maybe they need a little bit more mercy and a little more grace. You let God worry about it. Too many of us are focused on other people. We say, well, well, how come God is blessing Moses and God isn't doesn't worry about Moses? No, it's Moses and God's problem. It's not your problem, Israel. Stay out of it. And Christian, may I say to you today, don't you worry about how God is treating the other family. Don't worry about how God is treating the other marriage. Don't worry about how God is dealing with that child. You worry about, hey, God, I need you to to walk with me today. And God, I need your mercy for today. And I need your grace. And I promise you this, God's grace and mercy will be sufficient for today. You see, somebody today may need more mercy some today might need less. Some today might need more attention and some today might need less Some today might need more love and some today might need less Some today might need more discipline and correction Some might need less See, God's mercy and grace for today is sufficient. It's sufficient. See, some gathered more and some gathered less, but when they all meted it out, every man was filled. And my friend today, don't you, don't you worry about how God's dealing with His kids. God will take care of that. I remember growing up, I was the, 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 the oldest of three kids, and I was the hard-headed one in my family. Boy, I'd go at it with my father, and I'd go at it, and I'd challenge him, and I'd push him right to the edge of sanity, so to speak. And boy, I, I didn't care, and I was going to do my own thing. And then I'm going to tell you this, though. See, my brother and my sister weren't that way. They watched their oldest brother push the rules and get pushed back, and they learned, hey, dad ain't going to put up with that nonsense, so I'm not going to push him to that level. And I, I, I did. Every once in a while, I'd get a little frustrated and say, well, that's, that's not fair. How come, how, come, how come he never gets the rod of correction applied to the seed of understanding? Amen? You know what I mean? And I did, I wondered, and I asked my father that. He said, son, it's because he doesn't push me like you do. It didn't stop me, but it made sense. What I needed to know is that my father was dealing with his child as it was needed. My friend, today, just let God work in your heart as he needs to. It's kind of funny. Sometimes I'll preach a message, and I'll look out in the congregation. And folks, some of you, and I love you, I know what you're thinking. Because as I'm preaching something, you look over at someone. (laughs) Boy, do they need that. Why don't you let God take care of it? Maybe God's trying to speak to your heart. No, no, no. He needs it. Oh, Pastor, park there a while. My husband, I hope he's listening. Let me wake him up. You know how it works. You see, folks, the manna was sufficient for the day. And so is God's mercy. It's sufficient for the day. Down in verse 19, Moses said, Let no man leave of it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with the people. Yesterday's manna wasn't good for today, and today's manna won't be good for tomorrow me say this. Yesterday's mercy and grace isn't good for today. And today's mercy and grace ain't going to be good for tomorrow. The Christian life is not about the failures of the past, nor is it about the triumphs of yesteryear. No, if we want God to work in our life today, we must all go out and gather and labor in the fields that are white unto harvest. Christian, the beautiful thing is, as far as walking with God, is God's not concerned what you were. Amen? Bible in Colossians, it says, Such were some of you, but you're washed and sanctified and justified. God isn't concerned with what you were. You might have been a dirty, rotten cheat. You might have been a drunk. You might have been an alcoholic. You might have been a drug addict. You might have been a pervert. You might, I don't care what you were. You might have been a, 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 a child predator. I don't care what you were, my friend. I'm going to tell you something today. It doesn't matter what you were. God's grace and God's mercy from then isn't going to help you any. God's grace and God's mercy for today is what is going to work in your life. And some of you, you sit out there and you're a little smug and you're a little arrogant because you say, hey, I was a good man. I was a good father and I've been this and I've been that and I've labored and I've done well and look at me today. God's mercy and grace has to be gone out and gathered every morning. It doesn't matter how high you are on the totem pole or, brother, if you just got on at the lowest rung. you got to go out and get it for today. You see, a man that we all know biblically by the name of David one day got to a point in his life when kings went out to war and David said, I'm going to stay home and live on the blessings of yesterday's mercy. David was always known as a a fighting general commander. David was not a a sit-at-home king. David was not a man who watched others fight. David led his men into battle and David was beloved for it. But a time came in David's life where he had conquered his enemies. A time came when he had exalted himself very highly instead of God exalting him. And David said, this year I'm taking a break. Now is the time for me to rest. I've fought my battles. I've won my wars. I've accomplished my position in life. And David fell into sin. And Christian, can I tell you this morning, you may have done some things yesterday, but you got to go out this morning and you got to go out and gather God's grace and God's mercy today. Because yesterday's stinks Today. I'm sorry, but folks, people don't want to hear what kind of Christian you were. People want to see what kind of Christian you are. I'm tired of people telling me, hey, I used to go soul winning, I used to read my Bible. What are you doing today? Hey, fella, you show me how you're telling somebody to be born again today. People are sick and lost and dying today, just like they were yesterday. People are in need of a Savior today, just like they were yesterday. But some of us have gotten out of God's will for our lives, and we've said, I'll just live off yesterday's mercy. And God said, that stinks in my sight. He said, that doesn't do anything for me. And my friend today, I'm being hard on some of us that have been saved for a while, but I think we need it. It's time to stop living what we did there. Boy, this church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. Well, praise God. I'm thankful for that. But did you go out this morning? And did you gather God's mercy and God's grace for today? You say, ah, oh, oh, you, you don't understand. You, you don't remember what I did. It stinks. Yesterday stinks. That's what it does. And it grew worms. Just turns your stomach. My friend, we need to get out and go gather today. You say, Well, I, 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 I'm not like that. Yes, you are. You're in as much in need of God's grace and mercy today as you've ever been. Yes, you've cleaned the exterior. And God's been gracious and God's worked in your life and God's delivered you from some things and God's given, helped you to give up some stubborn habits and some wicked addictions and God has helped you and praise God for that. And boy, I'll tell you this, you take a picture of you 20 years ago and a picture of you today and it looks like a different person and glory be to God for that. But let me tell you, don't you forget to go out and to get God's mercy this morning. Pastor, I'm fine. Don't you worry about me. Yesterday's is just fine. Yesterday's is just fine. No, my friend, it's not. No, it's not. It stinks. I enjoy working with my hands. I I, I do. I enjoy building projects and what I'm not good at it, but I enjoy it. I'm going to tell you, this is a pet peeve, and I'm just going to share this with you, but I think it's applicable to the message. I hate someone who tells me how to do it, but won't help me do it. And I'm not talking about they're in a different state or a different place. I'm talking about they're right there with me. Oh, don't do it that way, idiot. Do it this way. I don't know what this way is. Well, I can't. Show me. Get down on your hands and knees and work with me. And, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Christianity doesn't need a whole bunch of people saying, Oh, you idiot, you're trying to live the Christian life like that. Why don't you get down on their hands and knees and show them how to live it? I mean, we got everybody who, anybody can sit in their little seat of the scornful and tell everybody else how it ought to be done. I don't need to be an armchair Christian. I need to be a Christian who gets out in the trenches and says, give me a shovel and I'll show you how to dig properly. You're wasting your time doing it that way. Let me show you how it ought to be done. And I'm not just going to tell you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to work alongside of you. And I'm going to help you. And I'm going to grow you. And I'm going to mature you. And I'm going to help you to be what God wants you to be. That's what Christianity needs. Too much of Christianity is focused on me, me, me. Oh, Oh, aren't I smart? I'm smarter than you. Well, whoop-dee-doo, give that man a sucker. Who cares? I've been saved for 27, 28 years now, 28 years. Born again since the age of 9 years old. I ought to know a few more things than a person that got saved last year. Heaven help us if I didn't. I don't need to sit up there and tell him how it ought to be done. though. No, I need to show him how to do it. And brother, what I need to do is I need to go out into God's fields and I need to start working. I need to go get my basket and I need to start gathering the manna again. You say, well, you're above that. You're a pastor now. No, brother. I need God's mercy and I need God's grace as much today as I did back then when I was nothing and didn't know anything. You say, but, 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 pastor, you've grown. Yes, but I still need God's mercy in my life. And some of us have forgotten that and you're good people and I love you with all of my heart but we have forgotten to go out in the fields and gather and we wonder, we say, well, well, how come I just don't enjoy church? How come I don't enjoy the word of God like I used to? You stopped needing it every day. And my friend, as I finish, I just want you to understand you talked about your triumphant past. But I do want you to know your failed past, it isn't a real issue with God. With man, folks, do you know man looks down on you whether you're at the top or at the bottom? Man just likes to scorn man. Okay? The, the, the best you've ever been, may I tell you, you had people looking down on you. And the lowest you've ever been, you've had people looking down at you. Stop worrying about what man thinks. All right? Just go out and do what God has told you to do. The the husband who had failed had to go out and gather manna the next morning. The wife who had failed had to go out and gather manna the next morning. The parents who had failed had to go out and get God's mercy the next morning. Hey, the, 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 the man that failed God had to go out and get mercy the next morning. You say, but, 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 but boy, I just why would God want me? Brother, stop asking. He just does. Oh, God, God doesn't know what I've been. He does know what you've been. Amen. He's been there the whole way. He's seen how you've forsaken Him. He's seen how low you've gotten. He's seen how you've despised Him and His things. But my friend, today, if you're a born-again child of God, God wants you to walk with Him. It's a blessing from God. And so don't, some of us, we, we sit there and we say, well, I just could never serve God that way. Who's, who's in charge of God's business? I mean, pray tell, when did, when, did, when did God die and put you in his seat? Well, I just, I would love to serve. No, you wouldn't. If you love to serve the Lord, you'd go out and get God's mercy for the morning and then go serve him. Just that simple. Hey, Israel, you want something to eat? Then go out and gather it. Well, I just, I'm just, I just, I don't deserve God's goodness. Brother, none of us deserve God's goodness. I'm weary of hearing the Christian excuses. Well, I just, I just could never be that. Yet, yet. Why don't you let God take care of that? With, all, with God, all things are possible. <laughs> that means you can be the biggest jerk on the block and still become a great Christian for Jesus Christ. By the way, you still won't be the biggest jerk on the block after that. But you get the point. Amen? Folks, I'm amazed at how we tell God we can't. My job is just say, God, I got my basket. Let me go out and gather. God, there's another one. God, there's another one. God, there's another one. God, there's another one. And when I get back to camp, I find something out. God's grace is sufficient for today. And my friend this morning, yesterday's mercy is not good for today. And today's mercy is not good for tomorrow. So let me throw this on. Verse 21, it says, They gathered it every morning. Every man according to his eating. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. Friend, today's mercies, if they're not gathered, are gone for good. You'll never get today back. Oh, God will give new tomorrow morning. And praise the Lord for that. And God's grace will be new tomorrow. And praise God, I, I am. I thank God. I, I, am. I really do. I thank God because I've failed God so many days in my life. If I, if I had to take all the days I've failed God, it would, it would be a shameful thing to show anybody. It's just myself. I, I, I would just hang my head. But, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to waste another day of God's mercy and grace in my life. God's been so good to me. God's taken such good care of me. God's provided for me why would I want to waste a day? Once the sun came up, it melted that manna and it was gone if it had not been gathered. If it had been gathered, it was good for today, the whole day. But if it was not gathered, it was gone. And my friend, don't you dare be guilty of allowing some of God's mercy and grace that he has so graciously bestowed upon us slip through your fingers without ever enjoying it. My friend, this morning I've spoken primarily to those that are born again about living the Christian life. My friend, if you are in here and you are without Christ 2,000 years ago, God extended His Son, His hand to us when he allowed his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross of Calvary, and Jesus gave his life, and three days later took it again. He rose from the grave, triumphant, so that you and I could have eternity in heaven. And my friend, I want to say this this is very similar to what i have been talking about this morning. You have to accept it. You have to accept the gift of salvation. Just the same as the Christian has to accept God's daily grace and daily mercy. God God doesn't hold you down and force feed it to you. And my friend, he'll not do that with his son. His son, Jesus Christ. he He died, he was buried, and he rose again for your sin. For all your sin, past, present, and future. He gave his life for that purpose. His blood was shed to cover our sin. And my friend, today, if you're here without Christ, would you trust him today? And my Christian friend, I think it's time that we all get that little manna basket out. and We go back out into the field. We say, there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. And we gather them. And we enjoy them. And we praise God for them while they're with us today. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. The piano is going to play, but I want to. I want to ask you, Christian friend. How many of you are walking with God? God's mercies are new every morning. How many of you are walking with God today? I know you're in church, and I praise the Lord for that, but but how many walked with God today? You Just you and Him. My friend, I would beg you not to leave this room today without making a decision as far as your Christian life is concerned. And my friend, if you are in here and you're without Christ in a room this size with this many people, that's a very likely possibility. If you're without Christ today, during the invitation, get my attention. I I will do my very best not to to embarrass you in any way. But I want to have someone who knows the Bible answer your questions and show you biblically how you can be born again. You can walk out of here a born-again child of God, blood washed by the blood of Jesus. Know it for sure. My friend, when the piano begins to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar. Well, praise the Lord. Folks, thank you so much for being here this morning. What a blessing to have you. Let me encourage you to be back tonight. and I just want to speak to you about a subject, just, just why church? and Why come to church? And you'll be here in your spots tonight, and I trust trust to see you again. Folks, let's not be guilty of ignoring the mercies of God. You say, well, well, well God's going to give them. He is. He's faithful. He is faithful it is up to people to receive them. And my friend, today I just challenge you, let's make sure we're getting God's grace. It's for us. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer.